Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. You know, the problem is that Americans uh, listening to this show, and you know, general, in general, Americans, <laughs> have too much freedom to speak freely. Yeah, that's the problem. I'll tell you that right now. A recent poll from Rear... Real Clear Opinion Research, love them, uh, found that one-third of registered Democratic respondents feel Americans have too much freedom to speak freely. Yeah, that's the problem. Now, according to this, they interviewed, I'm sorry, surveyed 1,000 individuals. 377 identified as Democrats, 369 as Republicans, 255 as independent or other. According to Real Clear Survey, the director, Spencer Kimball, the poll revealed that 9 out of 10 respondents support the First Amendment. Do they? So apparently, this is this is agreed upon uh, across demographics. Uh-huh. So now you, when you get inside, though, uh, this survey, 42% of individuals under 30 years old stated that it's more important to them that the government is able to place resp- restrictions on speech in the interest of national security. Huh. More than 28% of respondents replied that they do not support speech deemed deeply offensive to most people. I would say that then you really don't. Uh, You're really not for free speech, are you? No. No, you're not. So we got that going for us. (laughs) Uh, That's good right there. When people think you have too much freedom to speak freely, that's an issue. And you can quote me on that. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Coming to a place near you soon. So in New York City, the NYPD uh, is now going to have a security robot patrolling Times Square subway station. The robot K5 is, uh, is a pretty large robot with no arms, no legs, four surveillance cameras. So they're implementing this new security measure at Times Square subway stations, and it's deploying a security robot to patrol the premises. Now, the authorities say that it's meant to keep you safe. And we're not talking about a RoboCop-like machine or any human-like robot. (laughs) No! K5 was made by a California-based company, Nightscope, and it's just a massive version of R2-D2. Everybody knows what R2, who R2-D2 is. And so it's actually, it, K5 weighs 420 pounds. It's equipped with four cameras and can record video, but not audio. Why would you even have it if you can't record audio? I, I would venture, I, I would take the under on how long this is going to last in the Times Square subway station. <laughs> uh, it's not going to last long at all. K5, obviously, K5 doesn't have the capability to respond to actual emergencies in the station and can't physically or verbally apprehend suspects. The only real-time help it can provide is to connect them to a live person to report an incident or ask questions. Also, all I have to do is push the red button on the robot. Nice. 
push the red button that's my emergency button okay i mean is it like the staples button the easy button you just push it and it's good to go all right excellent so according to new york city it's leasing a k5 for around nine dollars an hour uh okay uh i mean it certainly doesn't take breaks but without i don't understand why it doesn't have any microphones on it it's just weird new york got in trouble earlier when they had the uh the dog robots remember that they were supposed to use when hostage and other critical situations and uh they were like oh yeah no uh we're not gonna do that so we'll see how k5 works out but uh we'll we'll see what happens i'm guessing and this is just me talking off the top of my head People are going to just see K5, and it's New York, so you're just going to walk by it. You just want to get on the subway and get to where you're going. And I'm sure that there will be other humans that will push K5 right on into the old subway train tracks. And we're going to get footage of K5 being crushed by a subway car. Is it going to happen? Boy, do I hope not, because the last thing I would want to see is K5 getting crushed by a subway car. But if it happens, I'm not going to look away. I read a fascinating story about the son of Cher, uh, Elijah Blue Allman. All right, so uh, Cher was married to Greg Allman, uh, and uh, this is their son. Right, he's 47 now. Well, Cher is, what, 100? So that makes sense. Um, and uh, so now uh, she has hired, it's been, uh, you know, there's been accusations that she hired uh, people, people, four men, security people, to go kidnap her son from a hotel in New York while he was trying to reconcile with his wife, according to the wife, uh, on their wedding anniversary. So she was worried about Elijah's health. And, uh, you know, I know the daughter-in-law, uh, Angela King, Ma- Ma- Marie Angela King, uh, told, uh, that's what she said in the courtroom appearance when they were talking about the divorce. Now, prior to this, Prior to her sending people in to get her son, he was staying at the Chateau Marmont in Los Angeles. Now, that's the hotel to the stars. And that's where if you're a junkie, you go and you hang out and you live, you're fine. Everybody leaves you alone. You're fine. I mean, other stars have, yeah, other stars have died there. OD'd there. Don't worry about it, though. I am just, I stayed at the Chateau Marmont for a few days, one trip to California. It's beautiful. It truly is beautiful, and they got the you know they got the shacks out back where everybody where the hoity toits stay. I did not stay in the shacks. All right, I was up on some one of the low life floors at the Chateau Marmont, but I still was there. It's awesome, and uh, so he's been staying there for the last six months, and they have pictures of him. He's all strung out on heroin. Uh, he's all disheveled in the in the hotel lobby. They said that they were familiar with him because he would come out to the front of the hotel and uh, smoke a cigarette, and he would be all stoned, and then he would just pass out. So he would look like a homeless guy out in front of the Chateau Marimont. Now, it was reported that Cher had someone following him to make sure that he was okay because he would get up and wander off 
and you know be out looking for drugs and wandering around LA. <laughs> poor little rich guy. The poor little rich guy. So uh, at one point, not long ago, he passed out completely in front of the hotel, like on the stairway, and the staff carried him back in. And you know they called Cher, and Cher showed up. And of course, I mean she's taking care of her son. That's what she's been doing all her life. Uh, it's really incredible uh, that when he passed out in front of the hotel, they thought he was dead, so they picked him up and carried him inside. Nope, nope, he was just strung out and passed out. Now he is the younger of uh, Cher's two children, and uh, he's married to this Marie Angela King, who goes by the name Queenie in the rock band King. Love them. Uh, they don't have any kids. Gosh darn it, uh, man! That'd be that'd be a good good offspring there but he admitted in an interview that he started taking drugs just like everyone else when he was 11 and has had a long battle with heroin addiction okay i just wanted to be clear uh just like everyone else you know when he was 11 (laughs) and then i got to thinking well you know i guess that's probably right that's probably about the time i started smoking and uh and drinking was right around there you know what i mean that's when you start thinking that you uh are able to take care of yourself you obviously can't but i know that but that's when you start thinking that because i i'm sure you know that was about the time when i started smoking now i didn't start doing i know no i did not do that that's what i was just gonna say i wasn't 11 hitting the bong okay I guess it could. I could have been if someone would have said, "Hey, Jeff, try this." <laughs> what am I going to do? Say no? No, you're going to hit it. Of course, you're going to hit it. <laughs> so, uh, she, he, so now he is. Uh, he's at a rehab center in Pasadena, I think, or some hoity-toity rehab center. Who knows? I mean, shares foot in the bill for it all, I'm sure. I'm sure he has his own money. I mean, somewhere along the line, he probably got an inheritance from dad. Although all of this is, uh, you know, share paying for another stint at rehab and keeping paying for security to watch a kid. And I don't know that he's paying the bill at the Chateau Marymount or if, she's, if that's shares money. But that's, I mean, Chateau Marymount, if you're them, you're going to say no? No, you're not. In fact, you're going to say that's his bungalow out back and that's Elijah's place and uh, the bill is being paid by share, so why don't you zip it? <laughs> okay. Oh, is he passed out again up front? Carry him back to the bungalow. Call share. I tell her that's going to cost her another 20000 Okay, that's fine. Now let's do that. I mean, that's unbelievable. The story about him... Uh, with the drugs though he did an interview with entertainment tonight where he said i started with drugs around the same time we all did uh you know around 11 (laughs) i love that i mean it's just what you did uh it's just what everybody did i started with marijuana and ecstasy and later you know got the harder drugs i was just looking to escape uh, all things in my past yeah you had it so tough your mother was Cher. Your father was Greg Allman. Life's a bitch. I know. I know. You don't know what to do with yourself. So, 
Times are tough, and so I decided to take drugs. Um, I was looking to escape, and uh, when you turn to those kind of drugs, you know, heroin and opioids, uh, you know, heroin kind of saved me. Did it, Elijah? Well, that's what he said. Uh, if you didn't have, uh, let's see, if I didn't have that at that point, I don't know what I would have done. You may jump off a bridge. You can only just go through that time period and live through it and get help. There were times I almost died. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet there was. <laughs> so he's in rehab now, and uh, they reached out to Cher for comment, but, you know, what Cher's going to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my boy. I love him. I mean, that's all she can say, really, right? So uh, she's the wife is pissed. Elijah's wife is pissed because Cher shut down everything. Uh, you're not you get out of here. In fact, they were staying, I think, in Cher's guest house or at the house or some one of one of the family estates. And after Cher sent him uh, to medical care, this is before this time. Then she kicked uh, she kicked the wife out and said, "Get out! No, you don't take your stuff." So she, the wife of Elijah, claims that she still has stuff in storage. Uh, artwork um, said that she's only received like $25,000, which is half the support I'm owed, by the way. And uh, she has, uh, she had to leave the country and go to her family because she didn't have any place else to go. Cause she was born in, Oh, it says here where she was born. She was not born in the United States of America. Um, she was born in Mumbai. That's in India, by the way. To a British father and a German mother whose childhood was spent in 30 different countries and one of six siblings who have played at various times in the band King. So that's the wife. And uh, she's pissed that Cher's got everything locked up and just, uh, you know, had everything going on. So anyway, uh, Cher's, if you could just, you know, have some nice thoughts for Elijah. I hope he makes it through rehab. And uh, I hope that Cher helps her 47. Well, I don't know how old. I guess he's 47 now. Her 50-year-old son make it. And uh, Cher, if you're looking for somebody else, here's the thing, Cher. If you're looking for somebody else to take care of, I'm here. I'm here for you. Okay? In fact... Look, here's what I'll do. Uh, I'll just start out. You just pay for me to have a bungalow at the Chateau Marymount. And then I'll start, you know, doing drugs again. Because I'm, I'm straight now. I mean, back when I was 11, whoo, man, you could not stop me. But now, so by the time I get a couple of months under my belt at the Chateau Marymount, uh, we are right back in the... I need something else, something stronger, something that'll save me. You know, like oh, H. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. Most people who buy soap from the store don't realize what it's doing to their skin. Store-bought soap will get you clean, 
But while it's doing that, it's also drying out your skin. And then, of course, big surprise, you have to keep buying products like lotions, stuff made from the same company. Raw goat milk makes Quinn Pittman's soap special. QPSoap.com. It's so good. It, It makes the soft and rich sudsy lather. All the essential proteins and nutrients are preserved in the goat milk soap. And it's delivered finished bar of real soap. Uh, it's, it's really, you'll really notice the difference. So just go to qpgoatsoap.com. qpgoatsoap.com. Soap, well, qpgoatsoap.com. Quinn's Goat Soap uh, was discovered when he first started learning about soap. And he's been making it the right way ever since. If you want your skin to be clean but you want it to retain its moisture, then hello, you need goat soap. And you'll want Quinn's goat soap. Quinn and his family, very proud of their product, and they want you to know about it. And, uh, you know, Quinn, uh, hello, uh, he's been a young entrepreneur. He's done something most kids his age would not or maybe couldn't even do, and that's start a business. He started when he was nine. He's like 16 now, and he's off and running. You need to check him out. QP Goat Soap dot com qpgoatsoap.com use the promo code jeffy get 10 percent off your total order qpgoatsoap.com quick happy birthday shout out to uh google turns 25 today yay happy birthday go do your little google doodle no they don't get that no they don't get that although you know happy birthday whatever congratulations 25 years we'll see if the you know, see if they're going to shut you down anytime soon. <laughs> they're coming after. Oh, excuse me. Uh, they're coming after uh, Google. They're coming after Amazon. They're coming after. I mean, they're just they, they're ready to shut down everything. You know, that's thanks to the head of the FCC and not the FCC, the FTC. So the FTC chair, Lena Khan, uh, she gained her prominence way back in 2017 as a law student writing a paper about the inadequacy of the U.S. antitrust framework to rein in uh, Amazon's monopolistic practices. And since her appointment by the great Joe Biden, uh, Khan has led the agency in an attempt to take down big tech's concentration of power. Yeah, that would be Google. And uh, now she's going after Amazon, and it's called tech lash so yeah yeah so happy birthday google happy birthday google 25 years i mean now we're after amazon 17 states uh have uh delivered this lawsuit against amazon accusing the e-commerce company of being an illegal monopoly it's the fourth lawsuit leveled by the ftc against amazon this year and easily the one with the most profound consequences for U.S. antitrust legislation and for your ability to be, yeah, I mean, is it going to affect Amazon says, hey, uh, this is, hey, prices are going to go up. Oh, you wanted that package tomorrow? Yeah, man, wish we could get it there by tomorrow, but whew, look at the time. Try to try to get that to you next week, okay? <laughs> 
So the FTC, like I said, they're looking to break up Google. I forgot I didn't mention Facebook, although they won't break up Facebook because Zuck is busy paying them off. Oh, did I say that out loud? Uh, it's unclear if uh, you know any of that is ever going to happen, but we are definitely after Amazon now. Amazon is right in the crosshairs now. So good for her. Keep it up. Keep it up, Lita. Hope everything works out for you. So we know that the writers are officially back to work after the Writers Guild of America leaders voted to end the 148-day strike. I thought it was only 146 days, but okay. I guess they're adding the two days where it wasn't ratified. So I guess the deal is done. Uh, I guess they have to do a tenant. I think we still have to vote some more by some of the members. The actors are still on strike. And the good news about that is that uh, SAG-AFTRA is already striking against the Hollywood studios. Uh, They are set to begin contract talks with the video game companies. So they're going to be striking against them very soon, too. Everybody wants a little bit more money. Just a little bit more money. So I hope everybody gets what they want. That's a, that, was my, that was my hope from the very beginning of all of this. I want everyone to just get what they want and be happy. You know, like I even want Shakira to be happy. Uh, I'm a fan, uh, but she's being accused of tax crimes again. Again, the second time. So now, prosecutors in Spain allege that she has defrauded the state of $7.1 million in 2018. Uh, They say this happened when she failed to declare millions in advance payments of her El Dorado World Tour, among other payments. Now, the prosecutors opened this second investigation in July of this year. They just released the details uh, this week. Now they claim that she knows about them. The legal team wasn't said that they weren't aware of them. Uh huh. So the new charges hinge on the fact that in 2018 she was living in Barcelona. That's when she was with uh, the uh, the footballer, soccer player, and uh, you know, she was required to tax all her international revenue there. They argue that she had diverted money to companies domiciled in countries with low taxation. I hate her for that. I Man, if you start moving your money to countries with low taxation, uh, we, that can't happen. All right? That cannot happen. I mean, Spain definitely believes in that. So now uh, th- she's getting ready for that, the one trial in Barcelona, where she failed to pay, uh, I think, 14 or $15 million in tax between 2012 and 2014. She has denied any wrongdoing in that case. She said, I'm confident that I have enough proof to support my case and that justice will prevail in my favor. Uh, so now she has that case, and that case starts in November. Now they've, you know, they're tacking this on as well. I'm surprised they haven't worked out some kind of deal like, Here's $10 million and we're done. Have a nice day. That's really surprising to me. So they, I don't know, maybe Shakira's like, no, I'm not. No, I didn't do anything wrong. And Spain is like, well, we think you did. And normally when a country thinks you did, pretty tough to unthink them. <laughs> you can quote me on that. Speaking of getting taxed for uh, money that you earn out of country, I see where Michelle Obama, you know her, you love her, some call her Big Mike. I would never do that, okay? But I'm just saying I've seen it. 
happen in the recent past. Anyway, uh, Michelle Obama is going to go to Munich to speak at the Bits and Pretzels Founder Festival, which is she's there to talk about diversity and inclusion at this conference. Now, it's also going to get bring her a check for $741,000 for one hour of speaking. Yeah, no kidding. 700 grand to hear her agonizing agonizing thoughts on diversity and inclusion. It will be terrible. And we're going to have to I hope that I hope they record it because man, do I want to do I want to see that? Now she's said over and over again that she's not running for president. Here's the scary part is that if they were to decide that Joe's out, which I think they've already decided that, but if they decide that Biden is out and they, they talk her into running, she could win. And if you think the country, the United States of America is in bad shape now, her campaign platform will be you ain't seen nothing yet and she will be right man holy cow we can't have that so let her make all the money in the world speaking at these conferences about diversity and inclusion because we do not need her even looking in the direction of the white house man holy cow that would that can't happen. That just can't happen. But, I mean, I'm sure the speech on diversity and inclusion, I mean, at the Bits and Pretzels Founder Festival is going to be... No, no, no. Great. Great. That's what I was thinking of. Who died today? Who died today? Legendary third baseman and baseball hall of famer known as Mr. Oriole, Brooks Robinson. Brooks Robinson dead at the age of 86. He spent his entire 23-year big league career in Baltimore. Very sad, Brooks Robinson. Uh, Man, if you... I mean, I watched this guy forever. Uh, well, for 23 years, Jeff, and he was in Baltimore. That's correct. That's those are the amount of years that I watched him. So, uh, I mean, he was he was the man in Baltimore, Brooks Robinson, and uh, very sad. But he was 86, so I'm sure it wasn't that. Don't even don't even start with me. I don't even start with me. I know what you're thinking. You know, they didn't say here what he died of. But I'm sure it was I'm sure it wasn't that. Alright. I mean, he was just because his nickname was the human vacuum cleaner, that was about baseball. That wasn't about other stuff. So don't even stop thinking that. They don't they didn't say that. Plus he's eighty six. We're done. Rest in peace, Brooks Robinson. Alright? Dead at the age of eighty six. Here we go again. 
uh, the president's dog, Commander, president's younger dog, Commander, bit another U.S. Secret Service agent at the White House. This is the 11th time that this dog, a two-year-old German shepherd, has a biting incident. I told you the first time. And now we're not even talking about Major, who remember uh, when Major started biting people, that was the other dog, right? That was their first dog. When Major, and I thought they sent Major back to Delaware to be trained. Nope. He's living with friends. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, that major should have been. And goodbye. Have a nice day. But no, he's still living with friends. Now we have Commander still roaming around 11 times, biting people at the White House. That's got to happen. What are we even doing? I mean, if I'm a Secret Service... Stop it. You're a Secret Service agent. You come around the corner, and the dog is starting to attack you. Somebody get this. And it just end it right there. I mean, I, I mean, maybe you get to the end of the full sentence. Like, the dog starts to come at you. Somebody get this dog back off of me. Maybe you get that far. Uh, maybe. Maybe. But <laughs> I would not blame any of these Secret Service agents for putting them down. No way. Come on. What are we even doing? This dog is wandering around the White House. And we got people. I mean, we have Secret Service people taking care of the First Lady. Secret Service people taking care of the President of the United States. Secret Service people looking over the White House. They've got Secret Service people with their dogs. The Secret Service dogs. And yet the president's dog is wandering around biting people. No, thank you. And it's over. Okay, have a nice, good, uh, we love you, Commander. But uh, we were going to ship him off to friends, too. Yeah, no, he shouldn't have been another, another Secret Service agent. Sorry, that was the 11th time. We were going to put him down after the 10th. But uh, we decided that that would be too cruel. But now that it's the 11th time. Sorry about it. So according to this. Okay, so the November incident. The November incident. So this is the time before this time. So it's gone quite a while. So they must be keeping their distance and keeping them locked up in the back room. (laughs) where's commander i don't know we put him back in the back closet somewhere he's back there growling so in november uh maybe that's why he's biting people they're keeping him locked up in the back closet (laughs) oh my gosh so in november the officer that was bitten was hospitalized he was bitten on his arms and thighs. Yeah, no, thank you. No, I mean, they're talking about how White House officials said that the Bidens were working through new training and leashing protocols for the family pet following the incidents. Were they? Are they? Do they? Uh-huh. It, no matter what question you ask, no, that's not happening. It's not happening at all.
So, I mean, it's, I mean, it's come to the point now where you've just got to send in the Secret Service. Commander, Commander, who's a Commander? Where are you at, Commander? There he is, there he is, there he is! And down he goes. And just clean it up, but don't even tell him. I don't even tell him. Just say, yeah, you know, Mr. President, we haven't seen him. I don't know what happened. Was that a stain on the carpet over there? No, I, somebody spilled some. I one uh, uh, one of your old people spilled some wine there last night. We're trying to get it cleaned up. We don't know if those are the same people that brought in the coke or not, but we'll clean it up later. Okay, sorry about that. But we haven't seen Commander. Uh, we know that uh, the first lady was on the phone with the friends who are watching Major a couple days ago. Maybe they, maybe she's seen him. Jill, have you seen Commander? No, I have not. No. Well, let's review the footage, will you? Let's take a look at the White House footage. Commander. Commander. That looks like my Secret Service guy. No, you can't tell. You can't tell from the camera. Commander. Commander. Oh, there he is. Commander. Come here, boy. It looks like someone shot him. No, no, no. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. That's what has to happen. I'm sorry. I I don't want to be the one to put him down. But I will if I have to. I don't want to be the one, but I will. I mean, it's time. It's time. I mean, seriously, if this dog was anywhere else, anywhere else in America, you'd read the story of this city had to put down the dog the family is going before a judge because they can't keep their dog in line this is the 11th time a neighbor has gotten bitten by this particular dog and still this dog is wandering around the white house no no honey no no so here's the deal secret service Next time. And Joe's out of town now. He's out in California, right? He's, or at least he was. He's out raising some money with some hoity-toity fundraisers. And Jill's who knows where. Uh, she's teaching. Yeah, okay. Uh, she's no... I mean, just seriously. Turn the cameras off. And go commander hunting. And when you let him loose, go let him loose from the closet. Let him go. Are you ready? Open the closet door. Go! And then clean it up. And you're good. It's time. Like I said, it's time. How much would you pay for a pair of front row balcony tickets to Ford's Theater on April 14th, 1865. Now, if you're not aware uh, of that date in history, that's the night President Abraham Lincoln was assassinated by John Wilkes Booth. Okay, no, stop. This is, we're talking about the president, not the dog, not the president's dog. If we were talking about a dog, that'd be okay. I mean, we're talking about an actual president now. That's not even, that's not even funny. Although that's... Kind of the soundtrack of what happened. Anyway, so the tickets were stamped with the date Ford's Theater, April 14th, 1865, this night only. 
They bear the left side imprint, Ford's Theater Friday Dress Circle, and are filled out in pencil with Section D and seat numbers 41 and 42. The handwritten seating assignments in the circular April 14th date stamped match those found on other authentic tickets, including a used ticket stub in the collection of the Harvard University's Houghton Library. Okay. So someone uh, at, from uh, if, well, they were these tickets were sold at the Boston-based auction house. Someone purchased them for $262,500. Wow. I mean, that's something. I'm, I, I'm not going to be surprised if this building that I'm broadcasting this show in doesn't have these tickets show up in them. Uh, would not surprise me that Mercury One or a guy by the name of Glenn Beck uh, purchased those tickets. Would not surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he just got the stupid all in the family set that they're putting together. I'm sure. I'm sure. I don't know how much it costs. I have no idea how much it costs. But I'm guessing that the all in the family set costs more than the tickets of the night that Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. No, no, we're not doing that. We're talking about the president. That's not funny. So, plus, according to this, he didn't fall. So that soundtrack is wrong. Okay, that's not, this says here that Lincoln slumped forward in his seat. Okay, he didn't fall. So then Booth jumped onto the stage and fled out the back door. I did not realize this, though, uh, that... Uh, and I, I remember seeing this. So the president was examined by a doctor in the audience and carried across the street to Peterson House, where he died early the next morning. Interesting. I don't know that I knew that. Uh, that doesn't sound like something I'd heard before. Because um, I, I often did believe that the soundtrack actually was him yeah, falling. And now that didn't happen. So... Uh, all right, just stop, all right? It's not funny. So anyway, uh, Booth evaded capture for 12 days. I mean, he was on the run for a long time, and then he was eventually tracked down at uh, a Virginia farm and shot. So, yeah, that's Booth. Yeah, we can do that. We can do that. He's the guy that actually shot the president. You're damn right we can shoot him back. Uh, so the also sold at the auction was Lincoln's signed first edition of the Lincoln-Douglas debates. That went for $594,000. Oof. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if that shows up around here, too. Uh, that would not surprise me at all. All right, fine. That's just like, you know, I'm not paying that. For that so I don't care. That's, now, am I going to see it? If it shows up here in the building and Glenn says, Oh, look. Here's some tickets from the night Lincoln was assassinated. I'm going to look. You're darn right. Oh, look. Here's a documented first edition of the Lincoln-Douglas debates. I'm going to look. Am I spending money on that? Not a chance. So Target, you know, the company, Target, the stores, uh, they have nearly 2,000 stores in the United States. Wow, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize it was 2,000 stores. Uh, so remember, their motherland is Minneapolis. And remember during the summer of love, 
when Minneapolis was a part of Summer of Love, uh, Target stores were being, uh, well, yeah, yeah, well, sure, people were barbecuing stuff. It was the Summer of Love. Uh, and so they were all good with it. Uh, they were good. Everything is fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. No, no, no. It's fine. Everything is fine. We, you know, you know what we need? We need less police. That's what we need. And we're fine right here in Minneapolis. Don't start. Don't start with me. Any of that other stuff. We're fine. Yes. There was a little bit of, you know, damage and goods taken from our stores and stuff, but we're fine. Don't worry about it. Well, so now they've decided that, you know what? Um, We've got like nine stores across the country that uh, are really, really struggling with crime and safety threats at those locations. You know, we're just going to shut them down. Uh, We're just going to shut them down. Really? Yeah. There's some stores in New York and Seattle and San Francisco and Portland. Yeah, we're just going to close them down. (laughs) Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, New York City's Harlem neighborhood, uh, two locations in Seattle, Three stores in San Francisco, Oakland area. Three more in Portland, Oregon. We're just going to shut them down. Matter of fact, we're going to do it in less than a month. (laughs) Uh, We're just going to be done with those stores, okay? Uh, By October 21st, uh, we're done. Have a nice day. Uh, We cannot continue to operate these stores because of theft and organized retail crime after threatening the safety of our team and guests and contributing to unsustainable business performance duh no kidding so um have fun uh, good luck god bless i hope it, i hope it's okay i hope it all works out for you i don't want anything bad to happen to any of your employees i don't want any of your property to be taken care of i mean really something does need to be done with uh the gangs of people going into multiple locations in cities around the country and just taking what they want unstopped and just doing it and we just let it happen and we're supposed to be okay with it those rich companies i mean we wouldn't even know i was watching a video the other day of a a pair of guys just a pair of guys two guys uh in front of a home depot I think it was a Home Depot, uh, just stealing one of the giant lawnmowers out front, uh, throwing it in the back of the, and they weren't throwing it. It was heavy. So I mean, it was, they had to, it took some doing to pick it up and put it in the back of their pickup truck. Nobody does anything. And we wouldn't even know about it except one person in the parking lot starts recording on their phone. Like, Hey, what are these guys doing? And off they go. I mean, something has to be done. There is one way to make it stop and nobody will like it and it'll probably make things worse for a while, but society can't survive if we continue to let this happen. I mean, you used to have to, you know, stick things in your shirt, stuff things down your pant leg that you wanted to steal. I know that's hard to do with the 50 inch TV. But now they just let you walk out. Back in my day, we had to hide it and then pretend like we weren't doing anything wrong. Now it's just all out in the open. So something has to... You kids, you whippersnappers out there, you don't know what it's like. You just walk in and take something that you want. Not in my day. <laughs> I mean, that that's where we're at. 
I was just amazing. Just incredible. I don't even want to talk about it because the thing that needs to happen, it needs to happen there, it needs to happen at the border. It's not going to. But there's one way to hinder what's happening, uh, either at these stores or at the border. And it would work, but it's not going to happen. I guarantee you that. All right, I'll give you a joke for the day. All right, a quick joke for the day, then we're out of here. And just remember, this is a joke, okay? It's just a joke. So I walked into the bedroom to find my wife dead in the bed the other day. This is this is the joke writer, okay, not me. And I walked into the bedroom to find my wife dead in the bed the other day. Looking at her lifeless there, I decided I might as well have one last go. Right in the middle, she opened her eyes and shouted, Boo! Honestly, some people are just sick in the head. All right, just uh, stop. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.